You have to play Zelda too. You have to. Isn't it? Isn't it like some, like not even Nintendo made game? No, it's it Nintendo. Is, it made. is made by Nintendo oh, for sure. Yeah, but it's like but a different it's team. So different from every other every other Zelda game. It looks. Trippy. That's a game where you grind for exp and build up your stats. Okay, in Zelda I'm in. Game. I'm already in. I'm so, already are you in. saying that like we have to play because it it's good, or because it's just a very unique experience? I love it. That was one of my favorite games growing up. A lot of people think it sucks now, but I love that game. Yeah, that's Damn. what I've usually heard. Mostly people talk shit about it. Yeah. It's funny, too, to think how much of the classic stuff that we associate with Zelda 2, I mean, that we associate with Zelda as a series comes from Zelda 2. Half is uh, Smash Brothers moveset. Mm. So many of the classic songs, you know, the Palace, yep. the, the the palace song, the... That's Zelda 2. Yeah. Wait, have you made a video on this, Wang? No. Although th the topic did come up when I did um Andy Signor's um that that show he does where he has two people argue on a topic. Okay. And I at some point had to defend Zelda 2. Um you could totally make a video just going into the weird history or like weird things about this game i feel like yeah that'd be that'd be fun to do it is it'd be a little bit of a diversion from the kind of videos i used to make but that's fine i'm less worried about that than i used to be yeah i'd say you pretty you're pretty established at this point yeah like it's i used to experiment a lot more on the channel i had a food eating show i had one where i did languages um and I just kind of experimented with a bunch of things until Tales from the Internet stuck. But then what happens is you're like, oh, well, this is the thing that's succeeding. So if I do anything but this, people are going to stop watching the channel. Mm -hmm. But I'm finding that that's not really true. If there's people who are only interested in those, but they will seek those episodes out and they won't be bothered by the other content, really. Exactly. Yeah, I think you definitely have a strong brand you know that I, I kind of don't like using that word but you yeah, definitely have feels, a strong presence i would say on yeah. social media in general yeah it's um and i've noticed that it's, a it's, lot it's, of it is because it it comes back to a similar theme at least in terms of twitter and youtube that you just have a really good eye for like good content for what's entertaining what's funny like with Twitter, you're retweeting things that are hilarious and that I would not have seen otherwise. And then mm -hmm. YouTube, your videos, you know, Tales from the Internet, at least, are essentially the same thing, but more researched, more in depth, you know, bigger stories, obviously. Um, but I think you just have a good eye for like spotting just what's going to be interesting to people. Yeah, I don't. That's a good way of putting it, because most of my Twitter content isn't my tweets. It's shit other people posted that I thought was good. Um, but then, when I've seen other people's feeds who are kind of like mine, and it's mostly retweets, they're retweeting a lot of stuff that's like not, not interesting to me, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what it is. Like, yeah. I guess it's something where it's kind of... Even growing up, I was always very picky about the things that were interesting. I, growing up, I was like an asshole that was always like super fucking unimpressed by fucking everything. <laughs> so I guess that's how it came to be like that. And on the flip side of that is if something if I think something's cool, I like I want everybody to see it. Yeah, right. I feel like you have a very defined sort of like set of tastes and that maybe like these other Twitter accounts that are retweeting everything are just like doing it for the sake of retweeting where it seems more like you're doing it because you personally were interested in the tweet or thought it was funny or whatever. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the accounts like that that I see, and it's kind of it's the same way I approach Twitter. Um, a lot of those accounts, when I see them, it's someone who's not really a content creator, any kind of public facing entity. It'll just be some guy that has Twitter just opens it up once every while and finds a few things, retweets them and opens it again like months later. Mm. I feel like you're the, like, you know how people post that meme of uh, the commentary YouTubers in the cafeteria and like which table you sit at? 
You know how people post that? If there was yeah. this proverbial YouTuber high school, I've, I definitely feel like you're the cool kid who's friends with all the nerdy kids or something like that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I always... Every time I fucking see that meme, I fucking groan a little bit because <laughs> it's... It always... It'll be like all these like different pockets of YouTube fans who don't really know each other. So ninety nine percent of the quote treats will be like, "I I hope the school comes." It'll be <laughs> oh, that, <God. laughs> or it'll be like it'll just people be people who like don't know who they are. Uh, I guess we're it'll be demonetized we're, now it, forever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you could we're just gonna bleep it out. We're gonna bleep that out. Yeah, you and can that one too. Actually, we're gonna bleep everything except for school. I, I, and that, I mean, one, too. And that one too. And that one too. I already got and Nick Diorio in We're trouble. We're making it a song at this point. Yeah. <laughs> already got Diorio in trouble this week. I don't want to spread out this fucking what, what play. What did you do to him? When he was doing his Gabby Hanna stream, um, and he got that the the what was the hashtag? Apologize to Gabby Hanna or some yeah. shit. That was the hashtag. So I just I I had not followed that story oh, at man. all. I tweeted that, but I'm like, oh oh, my boy's got like a fucking hashtag on trending. So I'm just gonna stir the pot a little bit and add to the fucking yeah. whatever they got, just like boost it up more to just yeah. to do it. But then because you use a hashtag, you have all the T channel fans that are super invested in the story oh, no. replying. <laughs> so I I just immediately I'm just like I I don't care, and I posted. Goatsy singing, um, you know, you know Wombo, yeah. yeah. Oh, I unfortunately that saw things? that tweet. I very unfortunately yeah, saw I think that. that. Was, well, I thought that, was that hilarious. Tweet, so I'm in Diorio's chat. I'm like, dude, do not open my Twitter feed. Do not open my Twitter feed right now on stream. Oh my god, uh, I guess he didn't see it. So he opens up the Twitter feed, um, and Goatsy is on his fucking YouTube stream. <laughs> oh, no. And he got it. He, he had no strikes before, so he only got a warning for it. That sucks. And thankfully, he was able to save, to finish and save the stream. But I'm like, oh, man, I tried to warn you guys. Fucking friendly fire, though. You know, that's that's funny. That actually reminds me, once upon a time, I have a short little related story to this that I've never really told publicly. But once upon a time, back in the day, like 2014, maybe 2013, I was streaming on Twitch. And they had similar rules. I mean, I guess they still do. Like, you can't show... Um, nudity can't show pictures of nudity yeah. on your stream. Can't show giant gaped open asshole. Right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Anyways, I had uh -huh. been playing this game somewhat competitively, and there was this girl who was kind of involved with some of the uh, top players that I that I knew or was playing against or with. Who involved uh, in what way? Involved like she, uh, you know, I guess had some relations with them or was at least being very flirt, very flirtatious and sexting them, things like that. Okay, okay, gotcha. So she had kind of been known in this community um, as like, you know, I hate to say, like I didn't I didn't say any of this, but she was known as kind of being like whorish. Uh, but you know, I was pretty naive, young, nice kid at the time. I would I would have never said that, mm -hmm. but it's true. Anyways, so <laughs> at some point, she just, like take her ass out on stream. Well, some she she was <laughs> well. All right, it's gonna get yeah. crazy. Uh, essentially, that's what happened. And wait, what? I was just kidding. The thing is, wait, the so thing is though, it was okay. Let me back up a second. Yeah, here. It I, wasn't, I'm gonna need more stories. I, this because yeah. you don't. One does not simply just take their let, asshole let me, out. No, no, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> there has to be like some context. It wasn't here. quite like that. It wasn't quite like that. Let me back up. Hold on. We're editing this yeah. part. We're editing this part because I actually missed an important detail here. It was okay. a picture of her spreading her bum and you know exposing her bum, herself man. and like she had yeah. And she, so, you listen, I don't want the kids to hear this. And um, she had like fishnets on. She was, it, you know, it was like, she looked like she was really uh, trying to present for someone. And that mm -hmm. screenshot was in, was linked continuously in this Skype call <laughs> that I was in on stream. And I had to be in because I was on, I was playing on this team, right? It was a team of uh -huh. like 10 players. And so one of these guys was trolling and knew that I was streaming. And so he linked that picture and she was this known member in the community is why he was linking it. And yeah, it got me permanently banned on Twitch at that time on this old account that oh I had. Oh my God. Uh, and oh, you're double perma ban on Twitch? Yeah. So technically, I, I'm going to be honest. Technically, 
back then, again, 2013, 2014, I had an original Twitch account, but it was permabanned because of that. And uh, I never, it's kind of given me PTSD to this day whenever I try and stream or anything. Twitch bans are really funny because it's, it's YouTube, you get banned. It's just, you lose your channel. You can still, you know, I can hop on to someone else's stream. No big deal. But Twitch, you're, you get a ban from Twitch. You are banned from appearing in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It's a cult. It's literally a fucking cult. You're like ostracized. Yeah. There was, um, there have been times when they made allowances for it in tournaments or something like that because knowing sometimes there's a banned twitch player mm. a banned twitch streamer that's in a tournament that's going to be streamed on twitch so they made some kind of rule where it's they can appear incidentally in a game on your thing but you're not allowed to uh interact with them more than you, more than the game requires Dude, that's insane that's so weird that's insane that's so weird. So i don't like i don't i hate those kinds of at least, like, say what you will about YouTube, but at least Google is not, like, blocking you from having people featured in your content. At least not really. Not, not like, not to that extent. No. Um, There's certain topics. The, the one thing to steer away from on YouTube, I guess, in that regard is just, like, newsworthy topics. Yeah, like like, mm. like anything to do with like terrorism or crimes or shit like that. Or COVID. That would I wouldn't talk about COVID yeah, either. COVID. Yeah. Anything that would be or like a serious issue that's covered by the news, then they derank you unless you're like NBC or something. Yeah, shit. and yeah. I don't agree with that either. Because even then they don't. Go on. Sorry. Well, I mean, they, yeah, I don't agree with that either. But then largely, like, in like sometimes you do, but largely you you won't necessarily get a strike for that. You'll get um deranked seriously though yeah yeah like your video will just perform like shit yeah right but i guess that's not nearly as bad as like your whole channel getting fucked up or something which is probably what would happen on twitch See, i honestly i think i've i've said this for a while too now um because i've uh, now i've been streaming on youtube more than i stream on twitch well i don't i haven't streamed on twitch in a while now and it, it began with me getting my emotes banned not that uh, it was like th this big annoying thing, but it's kind of like just what got me, got the ball rolling mentally for me to think, well, why am I even streaming on Twitch anyway? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had four emotes got taken off of Twitch. It was, I had a Goatsy emote, but it wasn't the actual Goatsy, it was just the two hands. Mm. So people could take the two hands and put anything between them they wanted. Um, the other was the two feet from One Guy, One Jar. <laughs> Uh, so it was so like it was, loosely yeah. related to hands, something. Yeah, it was two hands and two feet. It's pretty subtle. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, this is this is kind of stupid. But then I just got me thinking, why am I still streaming on Twitch when it's my original thought process when I want to stream on Twitch while being a YouTuber was that oh, um, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket yeah. and you'll reach people who only watch Twitch through their discovery features, but they don't really have discovery features. Nope. <laughs> it, it's yeah. Twitch is a way grind you grow on Twitch. Yeah. It's like a big the way grind. You grow on Twitch is to bring people is to grow on another platform and then bring people to Twitch. Yeah. You got to like rank high enough on their like viewer thing or whatever. So that people just see you at the top and then you can grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cutthroat. Even then, even then, a lot of times people will have the streamer that they watch so people really don't browse by game or by topic as much as streamers would like them to yeah it's very rare that someone actually sits there and say they want to watch whatever the new game is and then they're then they'll pick oh this person looks good let me hop in that stream especially because when you hop into a stream with no context to anything the odds are good that you'll jump in at some low point in the action. Mm. So, and I thought, oh, well, this is boring. I'm going to try, try something else. Try something else. So you think it's a medium thing. It's not like the Twitch has it set up poorly. It's just that, like, streams don't lend themselves well to discoverability. I mean, that's part of it. It definitely is. Part of it is the medium, but part of it is also Twitch. Twitch has things they could do to make people grow their platforms on there. They could make clips more discoverable mm, they could that's actually a good call. They're, they're, 
Yeah, like there's a lot of things they could do to make shit more discoverable on the platform that they they just don't. At the same time, now especially with the DMCA issues, it's uh so bad. It, oh, it's it's a growing money hole that at right now Amazon is comfortable throwing money in a pit and burning it for Twitch. One day they might not be. I have it on yep. good authority with someone who was very close and knows Twitch staff. So I guess it's just mm -hmm. a secondhand story, but take it for what you will. And it makes sense to me that Twitch is base is owned by Amazon, but they're basically run by the same kind of ragtag startup uh, that they were back when they first started. And they've oh, always yeah. been I kind mean, of unprofessional and like inconsistent and favorite. Like they have a lot of flaws as a company. They're clearly not even that corporate, honestly. They're just doing their own thing but their own thing is like a bunch of immature children trying to run a company i mean yeah i mean that happens in a, a lot of times when when a company like that gets acquired by a much bigger company they'll have some i mean a lot of, honestly a lot of times when they allowing that helps allows uh the companies to thrive once acquired because mm. a lot of times you know you you get bought up by a bigger corporation and they meddle too much and meddle and ruin what made you good in the first place speaking mm, of metal but, uh, too much <laughs> so Wang, i wanted to really talk with you about music because you're okay. in a band you're in jinx mm -hmm. uh you guys are based out of new york right um and you're kind of a what would you call it? like I don't know the type of metal exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, new metal. See, new metal. See, here's the thing. I realized when people ask you to describe what kind of band you're in, especially in metal, people try to like be like, "Oh, well, we have influences and in this and this and that. We're a little like this, a little like that." I just tell people I'm in a new metal band, okay. which it has such a negative connotation, but it's at the same time it gives. What is it, it associated with negatively? What is it? What is it? I mean, the entire fucking. Uh, Bar uh, fucking tribal tattoos. If tribal tattoos were music, that's what people okay. think when you say new metal. That's a good description. Okay, I can yeah. picture it. I'm, I'm dead. I was about to get a tribal tattoo now, dude. Uh, we, Fuck it. You sent us like an album that like you're into recently, and I listened oh, yeah. to that album, and I was just like, man, like I like some metal. I have a few friends mm -hmm. who are into like all kinds of various cores and gent and all that stuff. And yeah. I was listening to it, and I was like, I couldn't differentiate one song from the other. And all I could think of was, like, uh, like this would probably be really fun live to just, like, jump around like an idiot or whatever. Oh, but, like, yeah. I, I could not. I, I don't get it, I guess, for, like, that, that album that you sent. Yeah, for context, so these guys had asked me to send an album I've been listening to. We can just talk about it. So the album that I sent was the most recent Acacia Strain album, which is one of the only albums I've really been listening to as an album. There's been a few songs that came out that I'll listen to a song here and there, but that album has been like a straight through, just like beginning to end over and over again for me. Mm -hmm. So I listened to it as well. And mm -hmm. I think I might like it a little bit more than uh, Sam because I, it's intense. And like, for me, it's just a matter of, I don't generally listen to that much intense like oh, you know kind of music back to back yeah. uh it's not that it's bad i just think it's a lot it's a lot um yeah it's it's funny to have sent that to you guys who got don't really listen to like much that much metal at all uh, like i guess i would call them like a metalcore band or some shit but that is like live as sam had said like that is they're always such a crazy fucking live experience like the first time i saw them live um very long time ago i've actually they've outlasted a lot of bands that came out with them but um first time i saw them live i literally i look around and i like there, there's a dude that's just like knocked out and getting carried out holy fuck oh <laughs> yeah wow I'm like hell yeah this rules that's awesome and scary but uh yeah. i guess it's fitting yeah. for I mean, largely Sorry. Anything I listen to, really, whether it be metal or even like pop music and stuff, I need to have something that has some kind of energy to it, or I get bored. 
Same. Yeah, you know, my, like, I just mentioned that I have, like, some metal friends. I remember I was, like, in the car driving with them, and I had Animal Collective playing, and he was just like, <laughs> how, how do you, like, go to a concert of this music? Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. how do you jump to this? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I mean, there was, a, there was a phase in my life when I was trying all those bands, because, you know, I'm in New York, and all these, all these fucking, like, hipster girls, and, shit, and this is what they're listening to. <laughs> oh, shit. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me give this shit girls. a chance. We're hipster girls. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just like, no, this is, like, this... You're like, this, this I, I sucks. Just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay, let, let me, let me um, say one thing, though, about that album, um, and also tying together what sam just said i liked the lyrics um there were some lyrics that stood out to me in like some refrains where they're kind of saying things you know conveying their suffering or their um pain in a way that's like well now i can't recall exactly but the, you know they're talking about like yeah. just i mean societal I'm, issues and stuff you know yeah. somewhat uh i like that i like that expression is really what see, i'm trying to say see i didn't know that I could I couldn't tell you a single word that's said in that album. Interesting. Yeah, I, I <laughs> You're into the instrument. Yeah. It's about the rhythm always, or something. Dude, I probably couldn't tell you half the lyrics of like any band I've been in. Right. Like if I if I could, if you could get away with making albums where you just have vocalists shouting random gibberish that aren't words but they just sound cool. That's what Animal I could, Collective I could is. Do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's like that you know that like Italian song that they're trying to sound American and it's just a bunch of gibberish. It's like a meme. You guys know what I'm talking about? I don't know, but that sounds great. Good meme. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you guys after. Send it send it to us like a boomer and with a message attached. Send it from my <laughs> iPhone. Love you, Sam. <laughs> Exactly. Dude, I recently got an iPhone, and now I'm now I'm like, oh, I gotta fucking delete this for every email I send now. Yeah. Is there no way to just like turn well, that's, it off as a setting? That's the there ghost probably of is. I just haven't bothered to do it. That's the ghost of Steve Jobs saying, "Hey, remember who made yeah. this fucking thing? Remember me." But you know, what? I, I listen to, to um. I mean, I still do too. But um, part of that idea is probably how I got very into Japanese music and shit too, because I don't. I don't speak Japanese, but I don't need, really need to know what these guys are saying for me to enjoy it. We're gonna have I to feel cancel the, the same Japanese way. segment of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we had well, a whole I, Japanese I hate to break segment. It to you, this guys, no, oh, but I, I, I agree. Shit. Do you know? Have you heard of the pillows? Oh yeah, pillows are dope. I love the pillows. Love the pillows. Yeah. Uh, there's Japanese this one. What? Was, yeah. What was the one Ghost Gum showed us? They were Japanese, and that was like a newer album too. It was pretty good. Um, oh man, I don't. I don't. It's remember. something like I don't know the part of the dream that ends or something. What was it called? The next part of the dream. I think it's called. Anyways, but yeah, th there's a lot of great. I like when there's an expression. It's not so much about the words, although the words can be nice. Mm -hmm. But that's why I can like Japanese singer singers too because they are giving a really deep expression of how they feel and it comes across with the like the way the they enunciate. Ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. you can tell how what it is. It, yeah. it it's always fun when they come out with uh, a a random English line in the song too. <laughs> That's always fun. Yes, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I checked out your band also yesterday uh -huh. and I got to say I was way more into uh, like I listened to like two or three songs. I was I, I thought it was pretty good. It was a lot more melodic nice. and like fun, and also the I think one of the songs had oh, a yeah. rap verse in there or something. A few of them do. Um, that was something like it, we kind of eased into a bit. We have our song "Goat," where the verse is very hip hop, but then the last one, "All in Caskets," we kind of actually a lot of people found it very jarring because we had this part. Where the the intro is very thrashy, and then it goes into this part that's just like a straight up hip hop part. Yeah, which yeah. we hadn't done anything like that over before. Um, but that that kind of flow has always been in the band. So that time we were actually, I remember when we were writing that particular song, we kind of had that middle part by accident. And we were like, well, this isn't how the song should be structured, so we should do something else there. But then we were kind of just like, you know, fuck that. That's interesting. Let's just keep it yeah. weird That's awesome. and jarring like that. That's sort of, like, that was one of the things that I noted, that it was like, it had that sort of like weird structure to it. Almost like, I don't know if you've listened to like Poppy's album, how she like has some of her songs are just like all over the place. 
Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. I like hearing unconventional decisions when I'm listening to whatever music it is. Because, like, I've heard a million songs that are, like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. Like, I don't need to hear it again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, most of our songs are like that. So we were just, oh, we're going to do something very different with this one. I listened yeah, I to it was super cool. I listened to several of your guys' songs as well, um, and I really liked the vibe you guys have. It's it is like energetic, it's upbeat, but it's also kind of it has that like thrashy metal quality to it, obviously. Um, and I thought the, it you know what it reminded me of a little bit. I hope this is, I hope this is a compliment. It kind of felt like a, a new metal Brockhampton almost. New metal Brockhampton. Uh, it just felt like a lot I of. I haven't listened. I haven't listened to that much Brockhampton to be able to uh, assess that. Okay, but they have a sort of like similar, like fun. I don't know, like upbeat, like fast energy uh, song structure going. I feel like, or I don't know. I, j- I just felt similar vibes a little bit with some of their songs. But I mean, See, the, the video we have clipped. Like the way you describe it, I feel like you might have watched the clip video, which was literally like we just threw a party in a warehouse in Brooklyn and made it out to be made it out as if it were a show recording wise. Mm. That was actually that was the one where I'm not in the video. I'm in the video video, like two frames (laughs) and all the comments. So, yo, where's Wang in this? I saw I saw fail. Uh, Is it called fails? Fail, fails. We so we shot clipped and fails together. Okay, and made it to be like two parts of the same day. That was supposed to be the concept for that. It's cool but how you guys are all from New York anymore. and you're incorporating that into your imagery. I thought that was neat. Yeah, there's not a lot. Of, it's weird. You would think. I mean, I guess more rock bands from New York. Like punk is like New York punk scene or whatever. Not even recent, like old school, yeah, but I mean, well, I was more saying, like, recently. like parquet courts and like that stuff. Yeah. When it came to like heavier bands, New York, like New York has a really strong scene for that. But at the same time, it's been a long time since any of them really like broke through. Like I'm trying to think who, like the only the band I can think of. Yeah, let's well, like, that's what, that's what, what I mean. Bands like, more are breaking band through kinds in general, of, like, you know? But even the Strokes like, now is a long time ago too. Like yeah. I feel like there are no bands breaking through these days. Bands don't it's break like, through anymore. That's also true. Yeah. yeah. The closest it's, thing you know we have is? to bands are like fucking Machine Gun Kelly at this point. <laughs> like what what I've realized too about like music and this uh, you know where social media is everything, it strongly disadvantages bands as opposed to solo artists Mm -hmm. because when you're a solo artist everything you do on social media it's it's cooked into your brand your music is just who you are but when you're a band it's like being a band it's kind of like you have all these individuals in the band but the band itself it's like you you go to a band's page and you go to like a band's social media account and it's like going to a fucking Brand. fast food restaurant's yeah. social media account. Like yeah. it's not it's not the same. Yeah, I think by the way that the kind of content creator you're talking about that has just music as a part of their brand or whatever, that's definitely becoming more so the norm now. I think that's kind of the future of content creation is like not only do you have to be a YouTuber, you have to be uh, an artist in another regard or a musician. You have to or, be a mediocre musician. Or or something else. Yeah, Dude, you don't even have to be a musician. You can just, you, you can know, write books. Get, grow, grow a big enough platform and fucking do some auto-tune bullshit over a beat and there you yeah, go. You're printing money. Yeah. yeah, because people are yeah. buying your personality uh, at that point. But I think yeah, with you that, <laughs> being in Jinx, uh, you kind of have a layer of separation because your videos are obviously very, you know, they're nothing to do with your band. Um, yeah. And yet you're kind of, I feel like your passion is in music. Is that fair to say? It's, it comes across that way. Isn't or is in? It, it is in what? music. Yeah, I mean... That's like what kind of like fucked me up like this whole year. Um, this is since the pandemic. This is the longest time in my adult life I've gone without playing a show. 
Wow. So, since I was 16, I've played a show at the very least like, every few months, but usually several times a month. And then that kind of all just stopped. And now I'm like, oh, shit. But uh, when you play, especially, and that's the thing, too, heavier music like this, it's kind of like when I was talking about the Ocasio stream before, you kind of alluded to this, Sam. But it's like this kind of music, I feel like all just always inherently comes across better live than it does on recording. Definitely. So it's it's kind of like that's you you kind of lose that aspect of it. You lose some music a big is part made to be enjoyed live, you know? And some music is... Yeah. I mean, not that, like, music that isn't made to be enjoyed live isn't enjoyable live, but, like, some stuff is made, meant to be, like, a well-produced, like, listening experience. And then some stuff is about just, like, the energy and, like, enjoying yeah. that live. That's the, the energy, too. Like, that's kind of what it is. Like, that adrenaline rush of playing, like, a really crazy fucking show where people are, like, losing their fucking minds... Uh, like people are fucking hurting each other, but in a way that's fun and uh, you know not life threatening. Um, See, it's what, it's what just I'm into, like an unmatched experience. What I'm into awesome. though is more like I think that is cool, but what like the Animal Collective crowd would be right that you that you alluded to earlier. I think their ideal would be like everyone is in this dreamlike state of bliss just having like a moment with themselves yeah i feel like i kind of experienced that when i went to go see john mouse um that was a weird show for me to go to actually what kind of so artist i, like, I like some of his songs he um it's a lot it's a lot more mellow okay like psychedelic and like, he, and, and like the the show is kind of like he he has his laptop on the floor he presses the space bar and sings over his recordings, and I'm like, oh, oh. this is... I'm oh, like, it's I'm like, like a I, loop pedal kind I, of thing. He's like Bo yeah. Burnham. It's like, I like his songs. I like his songs, but why did I go, why did I go see this? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's the future of concerts, unfortunately, for some people. Uh, but I think as, you... As someone... Yeah. Actually, sorry, that I there, there was also. Well, I was just going to say, I there think you're standing um, out uh, in that crowd of, like, where there is so many DJs, there is so many... Um, bedroom pop kind of like simple uh, artists out there but you guys are a band in an era where bands are not really a thing like they used to be so I'm kind of wondering if you have had any special challenges difficulties with that like is it um, what are the misconceptions of it I don't know just give me like the insider scoop because I'm curious to know um challenges uh i mean i mean thinking about it like the biggest thing the past year has been the move towards people wanting to do the live stream shows mm. there were a few we might have done but like i don't i didn't want to do them it's to me that was so pointless yeah you're the live stream from shows the, from the crowd yeah like if i'm to me if i was gonna have that time to be like a, a live streamed show i would rather just put that into like making a nicely produced video then right rather than because like ultimately then what you're basically doing is you're just playing playing to an playing to an empty room with lower production values than you would otherwise have so it's like i did i didn't get the point of that i would not enjoy watching that i like it ruins the point of being I, live basically See, yeah. live stream I, I like, concerts, I think they would go better with the other kind of live performances that, like, Greg is talking about, the more, like, mellow, you know, introspective perhaps. stuff. I feel like that would work better with a live stream show than something like a metal band or yeah, a punk band probably or something true. like that. Because like, you yeah, go to see those shows to have fun, and, like, like, unless you're, like, getting an entire crowd to watch the live stream with you, like, I don't know. A good example of that is uh, Porter Robinson, who, I mean, he's okay. I'm not, like, super into him. But he had this, uh, mu like, album music video performance type thing. It was basically a live set, but it was a private show. But his kind of music is, is all electronic, and it's all about the visuals on stage, too. So he was able to just have this amazing light show and make all the angles and everything perfect for the video. So it was probably yeah. better than uh, a live show of his. Yeah, like, I'm thinking even if I watch, like, a live DVD or something, a big part of that, the enjoyment of watching that 
at home is having the live crowd at the show. Yep. Very true. I mean, something else that's kind of, I guess, a, a, a challenge of being a band as opposed to that solo artist. It's like I said, when John Mousy just had his laptop and pressed spacebar, just having to lug all that shit around with us mm. is that adds so much to your day and adds a lot of expenses. See, I don't even but, think about I mean, that. That's a good point. I don't even no, think yeah. about that at all. <laughs> yeah, like we, we, we booked out a, a tour for October now. We're going out with Attila. And we got to buy a trailer and all that shit. And then when you got the trailer, then you got to think about, um, you know, where are you going to park the trailer? All all that becomes a factor, too. Right. Dude, oh, I, I think Jen was saying something about, like, your your tour is going to, like, line up so that you're actually, like, basically in Anaheim as VidCon is happening. Oh, yeah. So I don't really know the landscape of California too much, but... And actually, um, our band's manager, who is an L.A. guy, he said that Pomona is closer to Anaheim than where we're going to be in L.A. So I might be around the Saturday night of VidCon, or possibly the Sunday, depending on how our routing works out. You guys should just Saturday's play at VidCon. Friday's the show. What was that? You guys should just play at VidCon. No, well, that's what I'm getting at, though. Like, is your, is your show on the Saturday? Um, let me take a look at the flyer. Like, it'd be kind of cool if like a bunch of us just went to your show. Yeah, that would be sick. I mean, like, I would love to be able to guest list you guys too for that, but it's like LA is like the whole fucking ah, that's fine. I don't, I don't industry peeps, but like, I would like, gladly. Yeah, like, uh, wait, we don't get the gush VIP section with our own like yeah. specifically branded <laughs> booth. To be honest, I don't even know if I'm gonna have guest list yet because like we're we're support on it. I don't. I haven't seen the contracts for that kind of shit. Um, yeah, the 20, 22nd, we're in Sacramento, the 23rd, we're in Pomona, and the 24th, we're in Los Angeles at the El Rey Theater. Nice. Okay. And I'm not sure. That'll probably line up. That sounds but, like it'll line up with at least one of the days. Yeah, like, I'm going to be all, I'm going to be floating all around where you guys are going to, you guys are going to be at VidCon, right? Yep. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah, I, Dude, I was so fucking tight when they then they announced it, and it was right when I had the tour. I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> of all the fucking time, I mean, I guess what it is though, like I guess October is that's when tours are getting booked for. That's where yeah. um, conventions are getting booked for because that's when I guess companies felt comfortable that we would be far along enough to yeah make I these think events it's like, happen. Uh, the vaccine's been around long enough at that point that everything just opens up again or whatever. What what I'm what I might be able to do um one of those days something because we are direct support one of those days I might just play and hightail it out of there and get down to where you guys are at okay triangulate yeah, on our yeah. location and show <laughs> up and we're gonna throw the biggest we're gonna yeah we're gonna have you I mean, play live like, at the biggest party ever at VidCon I hope yeah, you're I mean, down for one more show like I don't need to buy my vidcon ticket anyway i just want to fucking like no you don't need uh, it last time last time i went to last time we all went to vidcon i got the whole week pass and then i was actually on the actual convention grounds (laughs) maybe a cumulative like four hours yeah and then everything else yeah like everything else was either spent at that one hotel bar or (laughs) house parties yeah exactly yeah i'm not buying a ticket this time either or at our weird smash brothers event Oh yeah. oh yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that um, was such a weird event. It was very Dude, weird. I, I was like, I was fucking trashed when I showed. We up put to something that too. in the water, and Will. I was with Willie Mac too, and he was yeah. there. He was he was very he was fucked drunk. up. He was fucked. I still up. have this. Oh, yeah. um, do I still have this picture? I, I used to have this hilarious picture of him from that night. Let's see if I can find it. But yeah, Me, I couldn't tell that you were drunk at all. Actually, when you showed up, you seemed. Really I'm very like, good at maintain. I'm very good at maintaining it. You were looked stone cold sober. Yeah, I would not have guessed. Me and Sam were yeah. definitely stone cold sober. So let me tell a small story. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I found the picture by the way. I'm and Sam, you could chime in, looks... but this story is directly. Well, it's not directly <laughs> related to you, but it's the same night. Okay, so it's related to Willie Mac. Oh, I don't know. Okay, is I don't it? know whose friend it was. All right, so. Here's the here's the story. All right, so uh-huh. we throw this Smash Brothers event, this little tournament among some YouTubers. Invited, I DM a bunch of people. They show up, and Wang is there, and like eventually, actually call me Carson, and like his crew kind of shows yeah. up there, and 
um, whatever. They were already there by the time I showed up. Yeah, yeah. And um, but that's like uh, most of the people that uh, would be well known that were there. Um, Laz the Spaz, don't forget Laz the Spaz. Laz the Spaz was there, <laughs> who was this guy we met at VidCon, who's just like a Smash Brothers player looking to mm-hmm. make a video or something. But anyways, we hosted this tournament and we're like, hey, we'll make a fun little video of it. And so we, the night before, or the day, the day of rather, we had bought a, a bottle of alcohol. I forgot exactly. I think it was like, uh, maybe it was vodka or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, anyways, it was like a decently sized bottle of alcohol. I wish I knew the fucking fluid ounces. Uh, I don't know. It was like it was a, it was like a two six, whatever that Canadian terminology means. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Ounces? All right. Wait, so you're Canadian? Yeah, Toronto. It's a two six. Oh, Toronto. Yeah. So you have like Mickey's and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that's yeah. a Canadian thing? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever heard Canadians call them Mickey's. It's like a thirteen ounce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, anyways, we had bought that because we were like, "All right, we're gonna have, we're gonna maybe drink tonight too, or tomorrow night, whatever, just for the weekend." We throw this party, we do this little tournament, and by the end of the night, we notice that we're missing. Was it the next morning or that night? I, I, it was that night. Yeah. It was that night. Okay, that we night. noticed the alcohol is missing. And we had hit it in like a special place too. Yeah, we put it in like a drawer that no one would have seen or like, I don't know. We did something kind of clever with it and it was gone. And we think we know who it was. It was none of the well-known people. It was just some like guy that was, we don't even know who. It was a dude who showed up with you and Willie Mac is what we think. No fucking way. Was yeah. it? Do you know who that guy is? I, I don't even know I, who he I, is. I, I think I know who it is. Oh man, I'm gonna be tight if I don't think he would. Like he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would do that. But well, the reason we thought it was I him, mean, you never know though. Like it just seemed yeah. unlikely, I guess, that it was anyone from the Carson crew. Um, I, I, I mean, that, you never know that though. Carson actually, might have like, just been, you know, doing back to back fucking drinking days. Like also hard. that dude, uh, he was like, uh, I don't know. I it seemed like he was like. Making like all kinds of jokes that were getting on people's nerves throughout the night. And I, shit like that. I, I'm I'm be serious. Like I, I had a few people be like, uh, like he, that particular guy. I had a few people just to be like, who brought this guy? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. He's upsetting okay. people. That, but that <laughs> I felt like people not... felt like that that night. I, like, I felt. Yeah, I don't even want to get yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, we don't have to get too much into it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, VidCon, lots of fun, guys. Uh, lots of fun. We're gonna have a big old grand time. Yeah. I still, I don't think that guy would have stole your alcohol though. If you, if you think he didn't, then like I'm gonna I'll believe you. I don't know you, who else. I'm telling you, I don't it know Carson. who else. Like, the, the reason we kind of like I mean, landed on him is because like nobody knew who he was. Basically. Yeah, because like nobody knew. Yeah, I, yeah, he doesn't seem. I, like he had another friend with him though, so like I That's don't really true. know the other guy. Yeah, dude, it could have been Laz the Spaz. Really it honestly could have been Laz the Spaz. Dude. No, come on. No, Laz. How did you figure out your hiding spot? It wasn't that kind of hiding out. spot. It was like oh, okay. in the kitchenette area. There was but like they should not have been there. In between things that we just put it there. You would have to reach pretty deep into the crevice of the kitchen to get not it. That basically, deep. like it. Oh. You would have to reach, but like I don't know. Maybe it was, it was heck yeah this whole time. It was heck yeah, honestly. No, he probably just downed it that very We're night. We're gonna do like a fifty-hour documentary. I mean, honestly, on this. It, in one of those situations where you have, you know what though, you like, I'm I'm thinking in my head like just like a house party type situation where someone people are like looking for more beers and they're like, oh, there's a thing and grabs it. But then if it was a whole bottle of alcohol out like around at a party, you guys would have seen it out though. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to have been like put in a bag or something. Yeah, it was concealed, obviously. It must have been. It was big. That's so fucking lame. Anyways, I I'm, it's, it's kind of just a funny story. Yeah, we don't actually yeah. care. We weren't anyway. that upset. It, it, it like, fun- no, it's funny, but like that's like I hate that kind of like because like you know you show up somewhere, you don't take things from the place you went to, you bring things to the people who invited you. Yeah. I hate like that kind of like bum behavior. Yeah. But I don't think I think that's the vast minority of people at vidcon actually and most almost every oh yeah dude one of the youtubers we met was cool um so 
I think every one of them were was actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought everyone I met was like pretty cool. Yeah, so. nobody was like yeah, being a dick or. Yeah, I don't think I met everyone. Everyone I met was pretty much the way they seemed in their videos, <laughs> which is honestly kind of surprising. You would think like some people would at least be like there would be like a weird disconnect, but I didn't really experience that. Yeah, I think with a lot of people, they they were surprisingly down to earth. Uh, that's yeah. definitely what I found to be the case, especially people who, you know, I don't want to make it all about this, but I do think there's a correlation between the amount of effort you're willing to put into making videos and like the certain quality standard you have and how much effort you're going to put into a conversation or like into just, I don't know. Like, I think you're, you're able, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's kind of the just. The way I approach my videos is not really how I approach being a person out at a party, <laughs> I guess. No, but like the fact that it's a it's a matter of it's a presentation skill. It's like part of uh, being in being social is like presenting yourself, obviously. And in a video, you're also presenting yourself. Obviously, it's a more scripted. Wait, so format. are you saying that like you're. Like you're theorizing that these people are like giving a presentation of themselves rather than just being themselves. Well, uh, I mean, that could be true, but it, I'm more so just saying like if you're someone who's someone who's a naturally good presenter of information is going to be a good speaker. They're going to be a good conversationalist. They're going to be someone who's interesting. That's just all I'm getting at, really. True. What's funny, the, the way things shift at VidCon, like my real life friends will probably test the fact that I'm not like the, the most like, you know, outgoing person or some shit like that. But VidCon kind of had a different energy because then all of a sudden I'm around all these people that I have this common ground. And, you know, I can talk about like the kind of inside baseball bullshit that nobody really ca understands or cares about outside of the people who would be at a thing like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like a, a relief to be like, oh shit, like I can like fucking go in on this now. You're not only like can you talk about it, but like everyone is like dying to talk about it for the exact same reason because like none of their friends mm -hmm. want to hear about it either. Yeah, like it was funny, like like hearing about. Um, I gu I guess it's just like the way people perceive you in that context being different from like how people who know you in another context perceive you. Mm. It's very interesting. You kind of live multiple lives in that sense. Yeah. Is there must be some kind of crossover yeah, with like with like your band and the people you meet because of that though, right? In the sense that like you're all there's are also a group of people that you're hanging out with that like they want to talk music with you and like you have oh, yeah, that like, there's definitely there's definitely certain things that I could like talk about music wise that like wouldn't matter that much to um I guess people who are only in the YouTube world. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm into talking about music, but I don't think my audience is that much into listening uh, to me talking about it. We're kind of forcing it. them with these podcasts. Yeah, we're, that we, we are doing. forcing them. The gush is really just the fluid of information we're shoving down people's throats continuously. Yeah, yeah, drink that fluid. Chug it up, baby. Drink it up. Do you like ska music? I do like ska music. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where we might, our tastes might meet because lately, especially I've been more into like punk and uh, ska and I really like that. There is like some little bit of the same energy that comes from metal, I think is in yeah, that. It's, it's like the angst, the anger, the, you know, raw feelings. Like, yeah, like that's kind of like what I was like getting to before. I don't like uh, everything I listen to doesn't necessarily have to be the heaviest thing in the world, but it mostly needs to have some kind of energy to it. And Scott does have that. Yes. Yeah. It has to be high energy. I, f I feel you there. I think yeah. we could totally agree on yeah, that. Like I'm the kind of, when I listen to music, I'm kind of like that low attention span kind of guy where if a song doesn't have my attention in like five seconds, I skip it. Hmm. Damn. Okay. I, I will say I'm like one of those guys. Okay. On the other end of that spectrum though, See, you would not like people like Panda Bear or uh, like anyone Beach that's House or Beach something. House or uh, just anything like you probably don't really like psychedelic music that much. I'm guessing. No, Damn. definitely not into psychedelic music, but it has its peaks. That's what I love about it. It has its like very high peaks that it maintains sometimes and builds on. It's a different kind of intensity. It's, it's a peak like, experience. It, it's it's less about like energy and like 
getting riled up and it's more like i don't know like i said before it's like introspective and emotional in a different kind of way you know maybe it gets you picturing shit in your head there is crossover though between them sometimes and those are some those are some of the best where it's a crossover of high energy psychedelic death ska the only times i really find myself listening to that kind of stuff is when i need some kind of background music that's not distracting mm. and then it's kind of it's almost like i wouldn't be able to identify any of the songs on an individual level it's just something that's there to serve a purpose but then even then i started to replace that with like city pop and shit like that which even that's like more upbeat i mean it just sounds like uh when it comes to like listening to music it, it's just more in line with what you would want to see live yeah pretty much yeah and i think that like you know, I'm someone who's, like, really into psychedelic music, but, like, objectively, like, I just think that punk and metal and stuff like that is always going to be the better live experience. Like, I've been to Animal Collective, I've been to, like, a f so many fucking bands, and then, like, one of the best shows I've been to was seeing Joyce Manor, and I wasn't even into them when I saw them. I've heard the name Joyce Manor, I don't know. There's, uh... like, a New York punk band from, like, 2016 or something. Okay. I never, I was never really super into punk back in the day, either. Like, growing up, I was more into metal, and at the time, I couldn't really, um, couldn't really get into stuff that was, if it wasn't polished enough. Right. So, I would, there, what would be funny with that is, I would hear a lot, like, now I love the Misfits, but back then, I could not get into them because their production was so bad, <laughs> um, but then I would hear, hear covers of Misfits songs that were really well produced. And I would be like, oh, well, I like this song. And that would kind of be my gateway then right. into being able to go back and listen to the original version of the song and look past the bad production quality. But the, the bad production quality becomes like an acquired taste over time, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely I feel like now like shit's way too wait. We've gotten too much in the other end. Yeah. Definitely. And shit is absolutely too fucking polished. I've always been all about like I, I went the opposite direction from you. Like my when I first got into music on my own, it was all about like what sounded raw and unpolished. I liked like mm -hmm. hearing demos from bands or shit like, like the Pixies and stuff like that, where it just sounded very live. And then like, I slowly worked my way towards more polished stuff, but I definitely agree. Like things are way too polished today. And I, th I actually think that's going to like flip soon or is in the process of flipping. I think we're starting to see the seeds of what will be a big, uh, wave of like, raw uh angsty angry whether it's punk or metal or ska or whatever else i think there's going to be a lot more music like that getting popular as the next oh, wave shit's, been, shit's shit's been too mellow for too long it really it's has been hip -hop for too long. At least. like I, i'm so bored of trap music not that it's bad i'm just bored of it yeah, i'm definitely bored i've been bored of that um you know what it is especially now things but also pop i don't like pop either things tend to um reach a certain level of saturation and then it almost starts to feel like even though you know it'll be artists making music they want to make because it'll be so saturated you'll start to hear it in like stock music and stuff like that yeah so all of a sudden like something that used to be cool feel like revolutionary yeah. and whatever and unique now it literally just feels like stock music yeah it becomes corporate it feels like a fuck yeah, it, feel, it feels like a YouTuber's dubstep intro. <laughs> it's kind of like when grunge, like, exploded in the early 90s, and it was, like, the counterculture music, and then it became, like, every corporation has to have this aesthetic to be cool to teenagers, and then, then it was just lame. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. I know this sounds hipstery or whatever, but I have rationale behind it. I really don't like what is the most popular mainstream thing, whether it's music or even like just broader things than that. But especially with music, because there's a functional reason too, because you just hear it everywhere. Like you said, where when it is the mainstream thing, that also means you're bombarded with it all the time, whether you like it or not. Like thinking about that aspect of it. And I have now at this point, I haven't been to Canada for like 10 years, I think. But I remember thinking about this when I was in Canada last, how I'm sure it's changed a lot by now. But at the time, you would still, like, you would go to a store in the U.S., and whatever music is playing through the radio, it would generally be, like, whatever, like, pop or hip-hop was big at the time. But it felt like every store I went into in Canada was playing some form of rock music. 
How long ago was that? And that like stood that it had to be like about 10 years ago. I, I, you know, I just distribute all the music to all the stores in Canada. Quick interruption, just to let our listeners know that for some unknown reason, my audio glitched out while recording this episode. So for the rest of the conversation, I only have bits and pieces of my audio, but Slush and Wang were talking, obviously, and the conversation still actually works without my input much of the time. Enjoy the rest of the conversation without uh, a lot of me. Um, okay, <laughs> makes sense. No, I don't... <sighs> 10 years ago so that's like like when i think of 10 years ago and maybe i'm getting my like time off or something but like i i just remember everywhere was get lucky by fucking daft punk and pharrell maybe that's the wrong year i have like i have very specific bars that i associate that song with bars that was definitely (laughs) a oh yeah because there are certain places that i would go to all the time around that the time that song was getting played nonstop. Dude, it was everywhere. It was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> that and Locked Out of Heaven where it was another one. That song is a song that, like, it stuck with me just because I heard it so fucking much at that t- period in time. Yep. Also, Happy, which is, like, another Pharrell song that was, like, almost the same time. Yeah. Think about Happy. I do not like that song, Happy, but yeah. I loved that the, uh, that they had, like, these two wrestlers from New Japan in the video randomly. I think it was, it might have been, I don't remember if it was the Japanese version of the video, but Okada, wait, was it, I think Okada and Shinsuke Nakamura are in the happy video. Yeah, that's another thing too, the movie saturation of a song. Hmm. That, that, like, I remember, like, back in the day, back in the day, the song was Click Click Boom. Oh my god, yeah. Every single fucking, fucking action movie came out had to have Click Click Boom in it. Yeah, yeah. Click. Click, Saliva. click, boom. By the hives, I think, or something. Um, saliva. Oh, saliva. True, true. Yeah. Why did I think that it was? The hives? That was one of those songs. That was just peak fucking. Oh, you're gonna have. I think it was in commercials too. Yeah. Like if you're gonna have a car doing something crazy, you need click, click, boom in it. Yeah. Oh my god. The Chad Enjoy Metal her. Listener versus the Virgin Top Forties. My opinion. My opinion based. Your opinion, soy. <laughs> Here at Gush, we just uh, turn on the microphone and talk about whatever. Yeah, you see, like, normally normally a podcast sucks if you go in without a plan, but this one was better for having diverted from the plan. Mm-hmm. I think that we almost never have a plan when we record these. Uh, we always just kind of, like, I don't know, I, like, we, we want our, our podcast to be, like, very loose conversation. Yeah. I mean, those are... That's better, honestly. Like, you can only listen to, like, the same interview so many different times. Exactly, yeah. It's also, like, way less fun to be, like, I don't know, rigidly interviewing someone, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, honestly, that's kind of, like, why I hadn't been doing so many podcasts. I, like, I honestly, like, I fucking, I've been turning down podcasts for months, and then one night, I was like, I'm just gonna agree to, I'm like, I'm gonna, I had a bunch that I had promised people a long time ago and i'm like you know what let me do some of these um yeah, get it out of the way yeah but then like part of originally why i did it stop doing them was just like oh i'm like i'm just redoing the same interview over and over again who's getting what is anyone getting from this if i was like if if you're one of those podcasts that does it more interview style i feel like you have to like go out of your way to make sure that you're asking different questions you know what i mean oh yeah or you should just do what we do and get high and fuck around. He'd reach enlightenment. <laughs> why? Why? Because I'm Asian. Well, we didn't want to say why? it, but yeah, that was that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could, you're, bro, you're gonna, you're gonna smoke weed and look extra Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I have not, but I have like dabbled with shrooms, and I feel like that's like one of the only things that's actually like beneficial mm. to you as opposed to like a lot of things. Shrooms are amazing. I love them. No, like the, the only time, because like I'm not a person that seeks these things out. They just find their way to me. And any time it has been offered to me has been like at a party where I'm just like, I don't like, this is not the right energy for this. Yeah. I don't like, I'm in a good place right now. I don't want to upset the apple cart. Exactly. Like yeah. anything like that, I would not take in like a party situation. Definitely not. I, I think definitely that's a not. rookie so, mistake. Psychedelics and like large crowds are not a good mix. Yeah, it just, it just seems like like a fucking recipe for disaster I feel like a good you want when you're taking like some kind of psychedelic thing like you want like i don't know maybe a couple good friends and like a nice park where 
that's like or an open outdoor space or some shit like that like you know just like nice and chill vibes that's when you can listen to the bands that that uh me and greg listen to and really get it you know maybe <laughs> yeah no i can definitely see that i'm trying to think of music that i have listened to in those times you see the first time i like it wasn't i was out with my old band that we were in amsterdam and we had um gotten like a small um what you, what do you uh, a small hostel crammed in and we watched this movie samsara that's just i don't know if you've seen that movie i feel like this might be a thing you've actually watched i know the word samsara uh, yeah no it's it, it it's just it's this movie that's maybe like two hours of like these like visually striking pieces of footage shot around the world it's the the perfect kind of thing to watch and it's the perfect thing to watch in that scenario. Like I would not if I was just like sitting around at home looking for something to watch, I wouldn't put that on. But in that context, it makes sense. Yeah, I can see how that makes sense. And it was interesting cuz then it's like something will come up and you you pause it and talk about like how you're experiencing it at that moment or like what it makes you think of. So it was a good it was a good focal points for having a bunch of people in that situation together yeah that makes sense yeah i mean one big thing that that in general you Mm -hmm. tend to notice small details a lot more Mm -hmm. even at like very like low doses it increases your uh, first things your attention your your like capacity for attention is stronger with something like uh salad seven mushrooms you can it's like a very similar effect to it's like i recently got like really into meditation back in like march and i've been meditating every day and I've noticed mm-hmm. that when I smoke weed now, uh, like that sort of HD vision thing that happens with shrooms is like happening to me like regularly when I smoke weed. And I think it's because like I've just been working on my ability to concentrate. So it's like getting magnified when I'm high or something. I don't really know. Yeah, that's something I got. Like, I'm very easily distracted now. Um, even like one of my biggest fucking problems that I've realized that I've had is when I'm editing a video, I'll I'll need like a song oh, or an exactly image. So I'll go I'll, yeah, I'll go to Google to look for the thing that I need for the video, and then somehow that turns into like an hour of me not editing the yep, video. Yep, same. I, for me, it's Twitter. Story. I'll just keep reopening, refreshing Twitter. It's especially addictive when you're like farming when you're putting out tweets. Oh, yeah, that's the word. I mean, very obviously, it's like that for me on Twitter too. And here's the thing too: like early on, I used to justify it myself, saying that, "Oh, well, I'm a YouTuber, so you know, I gotta build out my online presence like this." So actually, when I'm sitting on here on Twitter, dicking around all day, I'm being productive. Yeah. But then you look at the numbers and how poor Twitter converts to other websites compared to even other social media apps. You like so few people will click through to a link or anything like that on Twitter that it's like at some point you have to admit yourself that you're just doing it for the sheer enjoyment of the app itself. Like Twitter, most of the people that I've met on YouTube have been through Twitter. That's kind of like where all the... uh, Yep. Yeah, like that's kind of how all the interactions go down. So it does have that va- like value function, in that yeah. regard, but it's it's not it's not a function that justifies the hours a day I spend on it. Definitely, yeah. There's there there's no need to be wasting even an hour on Twitter. It's, it's not necessary. Like tweet something funny and stupid, retweet a few things and and you're good to go. Mhm. But it, the weird thing about Twitter, it's it's addictive once it clicks with you and for a lot of people it never really clicks like they'll try Mm -hmm. to use it in the way they use facebook and it doesn't go well from this so they just stop they just forget they have the app and never open it again but once you get once you kind of like get how it works then you're like oh shit then you're like hooked yeah i will say this one thing there there is one very important function for twitter as a youtuber and that's contacting youtube support because there's oh, no yeah. other fucking way like, to do it. That's the only way you'll ever get a hold of them. <laughs> Which is so stupid. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, like Google is literally one of the biggest companies to have ever existed in all of humankind. <laughs> yet the only way to get realistic contact for their customer service is to use a platform owned by somebody else. Yeah, like a competing platform. Yeah. It's really weird and stupid. Also, like... 
I was just going to say that, like, if you're, you could be, like, a decently sized YouTuber but have no Twitter following, and then you get fucked by YouTube for something, and you're, you're just screwed, unless you happen to have a connection, and I know, like, this, ha I'm sure you know this, way, and you kind of did this for Oki, when he was, like, starting out, his channel almost got deleted, and you retweeted his thing, and, like, saved him. Oh, yeah. But, like, if he didn't, if you didn't follow him, which you just happened to be following him, like, he would have been fucked, and it's so stupid. Yeah. I just, I got lucky enough too to like to find. I found Oki through his Dan Ninen video, <laughs> which was like I was I was aware of Dan Ninen through Comptown making fun of him. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the one day it just popped up on my homepage, and it happened to be just before Dan Ninen tried to get his video taken down. So then I was like, oh, like like this video I just watched, I can't fucking see it anymore, because I liked Oki's video about him so much that I followed him on Twitter, and then that wound up being the video that almost fucked his whole channel. That's crazy coincidence. Did you even notice that my voice was gone? Do you even want me to sing this song? We talked with Justin Wang so long that I forgot where we came from. I love every time you do ska. That's, it's that's just, way more Blink One Eighty Two exactly. than ska. Every time he does ska, it's just the Tom voice from Blink One Eighty Two. Tom, <laughs> my name's Tom DeLong. I play ska. Where are you? <laughs> I 